0: the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 1, Vancouver Victories. Welcome! Yeah, we're going to do things differently now that we're in Season 2. For all of you listeners who have already been here, welcome. For all of you new listeners, welcome. You get it. We are now in Season 2, like I said, and I'm so excited to have Deer, that's right, Deer of Gallant Gaming is here to talk about all things tournament organizing and the history of his own smash journey. So I'm very excited to share this with you. We got some cool stuff to talk about, and we're going to also go into the details of the Gallant Melee open spring edition when the interview is over. So stick around and we'll talk later. But meanwhile, here is the interview with deer. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right. Transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I am so happy to be joined by Kevin Deer, who is known in the community as just Deer, but is an incredible TO and has done so much for Melee and for esports in general. Deer, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, I, I really appreciate you having me on here. Yes, thank you for joining me. I had reached out to you a little while ago and we're recording this in February, but you all will be listening to this in March around the time of the Gallant Melee Open Spring tease. We will get to that. But when I reached out to you, I wasn't sure of what exactly to expect just because I'm I'm just getting started myself and I am very passionate about melee, but you never know with reaching out to different people what their what their thought process is and where they're coming from. But I'm so happy that you agreed to come on it's it's so cool to talk to you because i think i'm gonna learn a lot about not just behind the scenes typical to question stuff but i'm also really interested to hear your smash journey and esports journey in general so i'm really excited to get into all that with you
1: yeah i am i'm stoked to stoked to chat with you about it and it's really awesome to Honestly, just in this past couple minutes of chatting with you, like you're your passion for all this. So I'm stoked. It's always fun to talk to
0: people who are so excited about melee. Long live melee, let's go. So sure. I wanted to start with the with the beginnings and just hear about with you growing up, you're exposed to video games at a at a younger age. I believe, if I if I recall correctly in researching that you uh, have an older brother or, or at least older siblings who, who kind of ushered you into the, the world of video games, that there was this thing, really cool thing you could do, and, and Smash was part of that. But do you want to just talk about the early days of how Smash came into your life?
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, I do indeed have an older brother. He's four years older than me, and that's like one of the perfect ages where... You know, he's older than me, yeah, but he can also be my friend, kind of thing. And we have common interests and common hobbies. So it was a good age gap. But some of my oldest memories from childhood are just like around video games. Um, we used to, one of the, most memorable consoles of all of them for me is the n64 and we we played the n64 for many many years together uh and smash bros was always our favorite game there uh i had a lot of cousins who lived nearby as well they'd come over we'd always just play smash bros so smash bros was a part of my life from an early age um that was kind of the intro to it and then uh I didn't really love melee, but my story of getting into melee is actually a funny one. I was in grade like two, so I was like seven years old, and I'd gone to a birthday party with my older brother. and uh, I was like his little brother just tagging along kind of thing. So it was all these older kids, and they were playing melee on the GameCube. And uh, because I was a baby, basically relative to the rest of them, They wouldn't let me play. Like, I watched for most of the rounds. But then right when we were about to leave, like, I got to play a match. So they finally let me play because there was only four controllers, right? Um, And then I only got to play one match, and then I had to go, and I didn't get the chance to try out Roy. I had played as Marth, but I wanted to try Roy because he had the Fire Sword. But we had to leave, so I didn't get to try Roy. And so I cried a lot that night. And then the next day, like
0: we end up like getting Melee. And I know exactly what you mean with the with the older brother. I I myself have two older brothers who are... They're both like six, eight years older than me. And I remember they would have over friends and they would all be playing on the N64, playing Smash Brothers and, and other games like GoldenEye and Mario Kart. But when they were playing Smash in particular, I was like, I want to play. And they're like, not enough controllers. You're the fifth one yep. out you're uh you're like half of our well not half our age but like you're too young (laughs) get out of here (laughs) so i know exactly what you mean yeah but then with uh with melee it wasn't necessarily if i if i'm reading you correctly it wasn't necessarily something that was it didn't stand out to you right away where you got into other things first which um if i am recalling correctly one of the very first things that you decided, wait a minute, like, I'm really into this, um, was Super Street Fighter, is that correct?
1: So there were actually a couple games before that that got me into esports, but Street Fighter was one of the first games that I ever, like, tried to compete in or, like, took seriously in a competitive regard and actually, like, wanted to spend time improving at and stuff. And, yeah, and that was Street Fighter Four.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah, and so it was one of the, it was one of the first ones, but not the first one. Thank you for clarifying. Right. So, what yeah. what would you what would you say was like that first game where you went, "I want to like prove that I can be the best at this or or compete."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, co- competing was um, it was League of
1: Legends. Uh, I started playing League of Legends in like the eighth or ninth grade, um, and I got really. I think it was the ninth grade. And then everybody in my school was into it, and everyone in my circles was into it, and I, like, really enjoyed playing League of Legends. Um, But honestly, even with League of Legends, I never was like, I want to be the best at this game. I just really enjoyed playing the game, and I enjoyed hanging out with people while playing the game, and, like, being able to play with my friends kind of thing. So even back then when I first started playing in League of Legends in like grade 9, I was more into running events for League of Legends and putting together ways that I could play with
0: my friends more for League of Legends. When I had Matt Dodzeb on one of the things that he said that I found found funny, but it's also true, he said at first he wasn't thinking of any sort of grand ideas of how to organize events and make a community and make it fun and awesome for everyone attending. He was just like, I really want to just come up with as many excuses as possible to have people over and prove that I can beat all of them. <laughs> and and yeah. that doesn't sound like it's the same for you. But what mm-hmm. do you think, uh, in the earlier days, what was one of your big motivations? Does it Was it the fact that you just wanted to make these events where you could have people over or have people gather at, like, you know, school or, or a you know, the small little tiny venues levels of saying, let's let's gather and, and play this really cool game and, and just see who's the best today. Yeah.
1: Um, for me, it was really just about, hey, like, I enjoy doing this. I'm having a good time. Oh, and also all these people coming to these events are having a great time. So, like, keep doing them and figure out how I can make a better time for everybody who's attending these events and just make a really enjoyable experience because I was really enjoying that. Um, Even if there did, like, even though there was hard work involved in, like, making those experiences enjoyable, I was just enjoying them even more
0: kind of thing. Okay. So when you started Churchill Esports, this was high school. You're, You're literally starting little organizations if you will that start to grow into something that start to snowball into something but but was that your first big step of saying it's not just going to be oh kevin deer wants to have over a bunch of people this friday you know bring your setups was this the what you saw as possibly being your future uh, towards the end of high school and college or what was the original inspiration for for starting churchill esports
1: yeah churchill esports was just um so churchill esports was inspired by league of legends to be honest it was that i had a big group of people in my high school that played league of legends and i also had a pretty big network of kids in other schools that were playing league of legends and so my vision with that was like i want to put together a league of legends league that runs like a basketball league for high school kids where each school in the district has representation and we have a circuit and we do the same kind of season that a traditional high school sport does and so that was my vision i had set out with and i actually managed to find some people within like the school board system who were kind of like supporting me in ways um to make some stuff happen there um so we started a bunch of esports clubs all around the district and we had like six different schools participating kind of thing and uh we played League of Legends and it was really fuck freaking cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no, worries. You can say, you can say whatever you want. Um but that later grew into Vancouver School Board Esports. Did I get that yep. right? Yep, exactly. So uh Churchill esports was
1: the first club that I created and that was just at my school and then after I like found how successful the club at my school was I wanted to I was like why not like get this going across the whole school board kind of thing like to have this league we would need to have other clubs so through Vancouver School Board Esports I was able to kind of start chapters at
0: other schools in the district that is so cool to hear that you're you're just it's to me, I would be like just such an idiot about, oh, we're going along and we're just trying to get to the next event. But I, I suspect and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like there was a lot of purpose and intention even from the very beginning. Am I am I reading that right? Or 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 a better way to say that is when you when you first started organizing Churchill Esports, did you have a, a grander vision in mind right from the very beginning or or was it just mostly about, hey, I, I think I want this to be as big as possible, So I'll just start taking steps to get there, and we'll we'll see where it goes.
1: It was definitely the latter.
0: I had no clue where
1: any of this stuff would go. I never really thought about it with that regard. I was just like, go, go, go because there was every time I'd hit a ceiling or like, yeah, ceiling, I'd like figure out how to just break through it or like how I could just go to the biggest scale possible on everything, like, Cut out the intermediaries. Just go straight towards as big as possible, right? Like
0: uh, sprinting, like going faster. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually, this is so. This is so. This is still high school, but this is probably getting towards the end of high school when you started to start. You started collaborating with UBC Esports, which is university of british columbia that's what that stands for right Mm -hmm. um which is like you know that's college level that's collegiate if you will Mm -hmm. and i know that for smash i think the very first event that you organized in collaborations with ubc esports was was towards the end of your high school career and was called kings of vancouver is that right maybe you can fill in the holes for me
1: yeah, for sure. So um, one like really important thing was with Vancouver School Board eSports, um, I actually did mainly Smash Bros stuff, is what ended up happening, is that in grade 9 and 10, I had been doing Vancouver School Board eSports towards League of Legends. But then in like grade 10, I discovered Melee again, and I got really into Melee. Um, And then I kind of exploded Melee starting in grade 10, 11-ish for me in my life. Um, And what had happened there was like in the summer, I was really like tired of losing in League of Legends one day and just really like upset about it. So I was just like chilling and watching Twitch and I'd been watching some streams and I came across the Evo stream and I watched like, I believe it was Evo 2015 um or 2014 potentially 2014 um and i watched that and i was like wow this was like really cool to watch and then i found our like my our gamecube um and i like found a crt the next day in an alley by total chance and then uh, i just started like i set it up and i asked my brother like let's play some melee and then we started playing melee and uh I, like, relearned the game from there. I really enjoyed it. And then kind of snowballed from there for me because what happened was when I started hosting my Churchill eSports club meetings when the school year resumed, I decided to start bringing, like, GameCubes and, like, Wiis. I had a GameCube and a Wii both. And so I brought both of them, one with Brawl and one with Melee. And then um, I brought those to the club meeting and then, like, after the meeting, like, you know, I was like, yeah. And, like, because we'd all just chill. The meetings for the club would happen every week for Churchill Esports at lunch hour. And it would be, like, an hour long. Um, and would start off with, like, I'd just, like, talk about stuff. And then we would just, like, break out into, like, everybody hanging out kind of thing, having lunch. And kids would naturally, like, bring their laptops, bring, like, their DSs. A lot of DSs. Like, so many DSs. And then I started bringing in consoles. Um, what I did was I collected CRTs. The timing was very, very convenient for me that the school was upgrading their TVs in the classrooms from being CRTs to like flat screens, like HD, HD TVs. So I got to collect so many CRTs from the dumpster, basically. Um, but instead of going to the dumpster, I just went to the classrooms. I literally made an announcement at the school. Like, if any teacher has a TV in their room that they don't use, let us know. So then I suddenly had a bunch of TVs. And then I just started telling people to bring their Game Cubes and stuff. So
0: every meeting ended up just becoming Smash. Um, and and starting to snowball and get bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. which which started to lead to UBC, which... Actually, one more step. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. So what happened there then was I decided to
1: start hosting. So then I had a crew of people at the school that I was playing with, right? I had, like, my core crew of friends. And we were, like, a group of, like, five dudes. And we we played Melee all the time together. Um, Like, every day, I had setups in the school that we'd play on at break between classes, at lunch, and after school. We'd play, like, two to three times a day every day um, during high school in grade 11 and 12, mainly in grade 12 because I had the key to this room and this room only had a GameCube and a CRT in it. Like It was our Melee mecca. It was like a club room. Um, So we just played Melee there all the time. And then I decided to... We somehow found another group of high school kids who played Melee at another school like Van Tech, it was because my friend had gone to that school before, and he had some friends who played melee there. So we challenged them to a crew battle. So we had a crew battle between like five sixteen-year-olds versus five other sixteen-year-olds in my basement in in grade twelve. And uh, then from there, I started hosting tournaments. I actually hosted five editions of. It was called vsb which not is it wasn't vancouver street battle at the time it was vancouver school board esports it was called like um vsb get schooled or a uh, vsb Smash to school yeah it was the get schooled series we ran four iterations of get schooled and yeah it was only for high schoolers and it was held in a community center and we'd end up having like 30 entrants, 40 entrants, and it was only open to like high school students
0: that's so cool. Uh, the fact that you didn't mention who won the crew battle, does that mean it didn't go as well for your crew as, as you were hoping for?
1: Oh, no. Our, I think our crew won. Um, and we had like, a really strong rivalry with some of the dudes on the other crew. And they were all homies as well. And I, it's really crazy that I still know those guys. And we still, the, some of them still play melee. Some of them don't. But like, I still know them. And like, we keep up in some degree. That's so
0: cool. Do you want to shout out at least the the your crew? Yeah, dude, I'll a... shout out the the uh, the
1: crew from Churchill. So yeah, uh, Jacob, Luca, Eugene, and Jack, uh, and also Legaspi. You know the OGs. We we played melee all the time together. We ran our. They helped me run all these tournaments. Like some of my fondest memories from high school are I had a van in high school in grade twelve. I drove a van to school, and we would load up my van with CRTs to the brim and then they'd sit on them, and they'd, like, stack them, and then we'd drive at, like, five miles, and five kilometers an hour um, to the venue, like, from my house with all these CRTs and, like, five guys.
0: <laughs> in
1: a <venue>.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Um, it just, like, it makes me think about how, uh to those of you who do not know, I I actually have never, uh, up to this point, attended a tournament before. One of my biggest regrets was not doing one before the pandemic. But it's so cool to hear how you, your journey is one where you are so into the game, you find a community, and, and it's natural, right? It's organic through school. It's not like you like somehow get plopped into a situation where you know nobody but like you're already friends with these people and you have your brother of course and it just it just snowballs and snowballs right it's so cool to hear and that like you can look back and the people who were homies in the day are even homies now that's so cool to hear yeah i think i did a really solid job at like
1: capitalizing on the growth and like snowballing it. And I don't think the snowballing was fully like um, just like inevitable. I do feel like it did help me, help that I was able to like gain momentum and motivation within myself and my skills and improve my skills a bunch and then like snowball there. But like creating a lot of those opportunities for myself when I didn't know the people kind of thing like my first so so the way i got into ubc esports was actually just through creating an opportunity for myself which was that um i became like friends with michael medley who was the founder of ubc one of the founders or like the og presidents of ubc esports and like um he was able to at the time like ubc didn't have a smash bros department in their esports club So there was no UBC Esports Smash. It was only like League of Legends, StarCraft, and anything like Dota and CSGO, or rather just, I think CS at the time. Um, So that was all they had. So they didn't have Smash. And so I became acquainted with Michael Medley. And then through that, he like, I ran an event in collaboration with UBC Esports. It was Vancouver School Board Esports, UBC Esports, and Play for Keeps. Play for Keeps is this terrible organization. Um, They've done really terrible things in the past. They don't exist anymore, thankfully. But um, at that time, so the event was a collaboration with us and it was a tournament that I was hosting. It was called, um, I think that was honestly the first Kings of Vancouver. I want to say that that was the first mm -hmm. Kings of Vancouver. Yeah. Which is a great name. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so that was the first Kings of Vancouver. And... At that Kings of Vancouver, like I would the event and I put it together. UBC Esports got us the venue and gave us some resources, and just like rather they just they they came, they helped out, they hung out, they gave us some uh, like people power to like move some stuff around. So it was really helpful to have some volunteers like that. And then Play for Keeps was the other party involved, and they kind of and en- they ended up scamming us that day, which was like really screwed up. Um, they like didn't do any of their parts, kind of thing. They showed up late, and then. At the end of the day, they took, like, the whole cash box and, like, ran away with it kind of thing because he went to go deposit it in his own account. So that was, like, really sus. Uh, So, yeah, they kind of scammed us. Um, And then they didn't give me the full amount. And the thing was, my side of that whole involvement was for charity. Like, I was donating my side for this charity that I was involved that I, like, started called Indian Umbrella. So that was actually a fundraising event. And so they jipped me out of my they like screwed me over on my part. Um, so yeah, it was it was not cool. Um, but through that, I got to know Michael Medley more from UBC eSports, and he ended up offering me like he was like, "Hey, like you should join UBC eSports if you go to UBC." And so that's how I got involved with UBC Esports in grade 12, was that I got offered to start their Smash
0: Bros department while I was still running VSB esports in grade 12. And it's it there's like it's like a two sides of the coin thing where you're getting screwed over it's there's a lot of lessons that you're learning and just and seeing how bad it can be but also seeing how good it can be where if you get into the right room and there's the right people there that can give you more opportunities as you continue to mature and to grow and progress and UBC is is where you ended up going and starting the Smash Department for for that org. Organi- sorry for the university. So I wanted to take a, a a second here to talk about Vancouver, West Coast Canada in general, because I honestly have no clue about the the. Not that you have to explain to me like per capita of shenanigans, but but basically, uh, what what's the uh, what's the allure of being out there? you could have probably gone to other places just besides UBC. There's plenty of universities and colleges. So what was the draw for staying local and staying in town? Yeah, I just think Vancouver is (laughs) honestly one of my favorite
1: cities in the world. I just think it's such a beautiful place. Um, Vancouver is in one of the most beautiful places in the world, nature wise to me. Um, And the like geography, if it's very cool, The culture here is very cool. The food and the diversity is is amazing. Feels like a pretty, I've I've been to a lot of places in the world and like Vancouver, even at that, like I had traveled even in high school. So I kind of like knew um, what places in the world were kind of like, or at least some places in the States and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I just loved Vancouver so much. And I loved my life in Vancouver. So I wanted to kind of stick around. Um, And UBC was a great place to go. UBC also had, has the second best comp sci program in Canada. So, like, going there for that was cool. And then, like, I also... The the, the business school was also really strong. So, I had no, like, regrets. I, I really wanted to stick around locally. Um, the, uh, the, yeah, so Vancouver is surrounded by mountains, ocean, and desert on all sides. And it has, like, a forest. It has so much forest, so much greenery. And I really like the climate. So... Yeah, it's it's a beautiful place. I can go snowboarding. I go snowboarding really often these days, and it's like a 35-minute drive each way to the mountain just so close by. Uh, if I wanted to, I could go surfing. I love the day-to-day weather. I cycle. I'm a bicyclist these days. So, like, we have so many bike routes. It's such a bikeable city. So there's just, like, a lot of stuff in the lifestyle in Vancouver that
0: I really enjoy. It's really cool to hear. I... I honestly would have said before you talked to me just now about Vancouver that I probably don't even know what side Vancouver is on in Canada. Honestly, I'm so poorly educated. That's a U.S. thing, by the way. So poorly educated on things that are not U.S. So mm. even 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 the great country of Canada that we're bordered by, but so sorry, you're familiar ahead.
1: with the Pacific Northwest, right? Like Seattle. Are you familiar yes, with Seattle? Yeah. And Vancouver so I, and I Seattle at are kind mm-hmm. of mirrors. Yeah, they're yeah. they're very similar cities. I've lived in both at this point. And like
0: they're not super similar, but like they're in the same ballpark. So you were talking about weather. I know that one of the the, the stereotypes of Seattle is how often it's sort of just like misting, dreary, cloudy sort of a thing. That's What's a- it like up in Vancouver?
1: yeah that that's like a ditto. It rains here so often. Um, and it can be kind of gray and stuff. But like, when it's nice, it's just insane, unmatched right. And, that, and yeah mm-hmm, that's the other and side. And of it even those heard. and days that you're describing, like as Vancouver, you get very used to them. and like they just it's just another day kind of thing.
0: Right, because uh, here in Lancaster, like you know, one part of the year it's snowing, it's icy, and then the other mm-hmm. part of the year it feels like you're you might potentially be getting close to Florida. It still doesn't mm-hmm. get as hot up here. Ben- Vancouver is very Florida. moderate.
1: Yeah, it's very moderate. Mm-hmm. Like it's no, it's not extreme cold, not extreme hot. It's very in the middle,
0: moderate. And I would have just looked at it on the map today, and I thought to myself, how often does it get icy and snowy up there? But if it stays moderate, is that because it snowed because for of... two
1: days this year. Two two days, I think.
0: That's was it? Snow. Yeah. Like since December or like this whole like year. Right. The the winter season. Uh it mm-hmm. snowed more than two days here in Lancaster County in Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> My word. Yeah. It was sad. Like I wanted more snow. I mean the child in me wanted more snow. I went sledding that day. <laughs>
0: Yes, and also that helps with snowboarding, I'm sure. And yep. even though there is already snow on the uh, mountains or surrounding Vancouver, great. but uh, that is cool to hear that it's not just a, not just the. Um, I guess you're you're more than just the this hotshot TO, extraordinaire. <laughs> you also love to do other things that are that are outside of esports as well. So it's really cool to hear like like cycling, snowboarding, and. And wanting and wanting more snow and just wanting to embrace the uh, the outdoor side of things there's
1: some and other really nice cool things here. in vancouver and canada specifically that i enjoy a lot that uh you know is another like passions in my life you know i, I love vancouver
0: yeah and and that is a key thing that's one of the one of the topics i wanted to, to to discuss with you is about how much of i mean i've heard you talk about passion i've heard you i'm sorry seen you write about passion it, I, I don't want to say it so many times that we all start to think that it sounds like a weird word. You know how that happens when you do that do. with words. But to avoid that, uh, just talk to me about how when you are in the moment, is that something that you try to, to focus on to be fully engaged with what you are currently doing to enjoy it to, to as much as you can? Or is that something that you find to be more natural and it's just a subconscious effort?
1: Uh really good observation. Um I think in the past it was definitely entirely subconscious. Like I just knew like this is something I really enjoy. I mean like just this is something I'm enjoying doing and I just wanna do. Um like, I had no I had no analysis on myself really. I didn't like think enough like reflection kind of thing. I was just like on the train going. Um, And I think I was just mainly too young and too immature, I think, at that time. Like, the maturings around this emotional development and, like, being conscious of that stuff wasn't hadn't happened at that time when I was, like, so in the moment of things. I think a lot of it really came after I'm, like, honestly, after I even graduated university and moved out kind of thing was when I feel like I had the most emotional maturing, like, going on and then from there out i became more conscious of like the role smash bros plays in my life the role esports plays in my life and the roles and like yeah just intr looking inwards right um and from there it kind of returned on the switch to be honest with you like in in august when like i i had some big realizations about all this stuff or like sometime last year like that's when the switch fully turned on for gallant and it's been like full steam forward and it's all just kind of changed my outlook on these things
0: that it because you do enough living right where you start to have to you start to have to question yourself of just going I might have been autopiloting in this part of my life hmm. and am I like, why am I doing this? Or do I want to continue to do this? You you just have to sort of reevaluate. I, I understand what you're talking about in regards to like the emotional intelligence, if you will. I know that's a buzzword, but when you, you, there's just different times of your life where you start to become more self-aware of of, mm. of how you're pro- processing things emotionally, and then how are you processing other people's emotions? And I love how melee and esports in general, uh, any sort of passion that you have, can tie into all of that as well. That it can you can sort of just kind of draw from both, and somehow they connect. And that's that's part of that whole spirit of melee thing that none of us can all. Quite understand, but it's why it's also why we love the game so much. It it offers just more than what you see on the screen. It offers the. It's so much more than meets the eye. Yes, yes, yeah.
1: There's so many layers to peel back on. Yeah, and I think like that whole philosophy applies to what you like. The big realization I've gotten from a lot of the stuff is that philosophy and that mentality applies to pretty much anything you can think of, dude. Like. When you realize that and that there's layers to pretty much everything in our lives, and it can only benefit you to understand
0: more of those layers is is just incredible. And I like how, despite the fact, you know, we're talking about all these things that you're doing that may not be considered, conventionally speaking, I'm giving a, a little bit of an aside to anybody who's listening to this and maybe doesn't quite understand Melee yet. You will, just stick with us. But um when we're talking about all of this, you're still a student. You still have grades mm-hmm. that you have to attain and pass exams and everything else. So like you said, uh comp size computer science, right? Yep. I didn't go to I didn't go to college. So I need to I just wanted to make sure I understood that. And then also yep. business. So when you went to UBC, it was not only to to do things for the esports department and start the Smash department specifically mm-hmm. within that. But also to get a degree, which you did. You did all that as well. Mm-hmm. What do you look back on and and remember when you look back on your years being uh, being in college and being at UBC? Yeah, Overall, for sure. I mean,
1: for sure. I do want to clarify that it was for university first, and then UBC esports came second because I was actually debating between actually a couple of different schools. But UBC, like I knew I'd do esports wherever I went, kind of thing. Um, it's just that. I did go to UBC and then I went there and did esports. Like, my big priority was to go get a degree and go to school. And I was trying to do computer science or business, but I never thought actually about my education being related to my esports. Like, my education was my education. um, But naturally, my education really, like, it complemented it in the sense that, like, of what I learned and uh, it helped me out in that regard, um, but I didn't go to university for esports and I didn't choose my majors around a career in esports. Like I chose my everything around my education at that time, kind of thing, and like my own like
0: happiness, well-being. Right, because uh, and this is no offense to to Melee and the, the the Smash community at large. There's not really as much of a support system, financially speaking, as you would find in something like League League of Legends or the bigger esports that are out there in the world. And mm-hmm. so I'm I don't want to generalize too much, but that's 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 something that resonates with you as well, right?
1: Oh yeah, that's that definitely the case. To, yeah, yeah, like at that time in in high school, when I was thinking about university, I wasn't like, I'm going to go and work in like create an esports company or do esports or like make a living in esports. Esports was what I was just thinking is like, ah, I love doing this stuff and I'm pretty good at it too. Um, at the time, I didn't really know if I was good at it or not, but like it was working kind of thing. So I was happy to just continue going along. And uh, I did feel like I was able to learn a lot and was doing a solid job there. And then it kind of just grew and then the two sections of my life just had a lot of overlaps.
0: Which is awesome that it that it worked out for you that way because in a real world sense, you have a job. Sorry, I see, see what I mean? You have a degree that gets you a job. You have a degree that can that can pay for for living and the expenses and bills and adulting. And then somehow you still have it in you, even after all of that, because that's full enough for for most people to also pursue esports, to also pursue organizing events and running events and making them the awesomest events just ever in the history of ever, right? Mm -hmm. And sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, I wasn't. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask about this TED talk that I found on YouTube that stars you. I was thrilled because I I know it's not a TED talk in the sense of, you know, you're up there on the stage for an hour and everybody's nodding very intelligently while you speak ultra intelligently, like most people assume of, of a TED talk, but this is still super cool. And you can literally say in my TED talk today, I will like, can you talk about what you remember from from that day? you were you were presenting on eSports and dropping some really cool facts and getting people to in the audience to realize there's something really cool happening here, and you should get in on this,
1: yeah. Um that whole thing ended up being really cool. i like I look back at it and it was at like a pretty like a strange time in retrospect of my life. Like I was in first year of university, and I was just like really caught up in like life stuff. I Had done that, I got reached out to by so I was in first year of university when I did that. Um, so I was, yeah, first year of university, I think I was like 19 or something. And then I got reached out to by some students from a uh, high school in Vancouver that, like, I had a net, like I was connected to these girls, and they were like, Hey, we're running this event at our school, and we'd love if you came and talked at our school because. I told you how we had chapters of Vancouver School Board esports, right? Um, this school in particular had quite a big chapter of Vancouver School Board esports. They had their own esports club, Kalarni esports, and it was pretty big. So they were having this TEDx Killarney. and so they invented invited me rather to to chat there about esports, and uh, I kind of just I wrote that script up real quick on a whim, and I made a Nice PowerPoint for it. And I went and I gave a talk to, I think it was like, they they said, I think 50 to 100 just high schoolers who had come from all over the like school board, as well as friends and family. And I talked to them about esports and it was really fun.
0: Uh, Yeah. Did you feel like the CEO of a gaming company or president, sort of like a Reggie fils if you will, just up there, just laying down some knowledge for these people? It was fun for sure. But to be honest,
1: in high school, I felt like I got really used to just talking to big crowds of people like that because I was doing, you know, in high school, like the social, like the uh, at an assemblies and for school announcements on the PA and all that stuff, like, or a student council. I was in the student council in my high school. So like I did a lot of just big events in high school through student council and through like all that, I got very comfortable and just normal talking to crowds of people like that, especially like, yeah, it, it was it was fine there. So it was cool. And it actually, I think it really showed in that like, even when I look at that now, cause it's been some some time since I've like talked to a crowd of people in that manner. Like, this is very different of an experience talking to you right now than that is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm so out of shape on that. Like, I look at how I'm talking there and I'm kind of like, wow, how, how was I able to do that kind of thing sometimes? <laughs> but it, it's understandable. And just mainly because it's been a while since I've done that. But um, I'm proud of that, I think.
0: I want to I want to tell you I thought you I thought you killed it. You did such a great job of moving from from cuz you had to be dropping down facts as well and I have to assume that you had some sort of monitor or teleprompter in front of you where you could see no. your PowerPoint. No, wait, That's no? the
1: thing. I didn't have a prompter. I don't think my like I didn't have like annotations or whatever. I was just seeing the screen. So I oh remember that. And I was like holy crap. So yeah, it was, I I don't know how I could do that because I can't do that today right now in terms of knowing all that content. I just kind of fed off the slides there and had like some parts of it like in my mind.
0: Right. Yes. Because like you said, you didn't spend weeks and weeks prepping for it, but you were able to use the muscle of public speaking that you somewhat developed before leading up to, because you know, you're a TO. So I, I assume that you've had to yell on a, on a mic more than a few times of, Hey, so-and-so get to your setup like yesterday, like right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And,
0: so, as a TO, you get or... very
1: comfortable just saying that kind of stuff or talking or being direct. Cause like as a TO, you can't really, if you need to talk to a player and need to tell them something, you're generally under time pressure yourself you got to just be direct and make it as easy for them to understand and communicate as possible. And they're generally strangers. But you got to figure like, yeah, TO is really, you do develop that skill of, like, being able to just talk to a random stranger and, like, get information exchanged with them.
0: Yeah, communicate. Here's a problem. Here's how you go about solving it. Now, Now, please go do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So... Like I said, that was a great job on the on the on the ted talk. I thought it was so cool. I was like, "Ah, oh, that'd be so cool to give a presentation on, on on eSports like that, and you got to do it so that's awesome and so, so that was that was first year of university. but to wrap up your time there, I hate to rush you through no what, was it was it four years of of of, yeah. of of schooling okay yeah uh to once you were getting towards the end, right you're thinking about graduating and is there more schooling that you want to do, or or how do you want to continue the eSports side of things? And I'm sure the rest of life, where do you think you were during the the fourth year, the senior year of university?
1: So my senior year was an eSports year pretty much. So my senior year, um I had done an internship the summer prior to senior year at a large tech company. Uh, I was at Amazon there as an engineer intern. And so, I had gotten a return offer from Amazon. So I was going into my senior year already with kind of a plan of what my next step was, which was move to Seattle and go work at Amazon. Or what ended up happening was I ended up going and getting uh, interviewing and getting another offer from Microsoft. But I ended up at Microsoft. And I knew that in December, sorry, in November, late November of my senior year, I knew. That I had a job lined up for as soon as like after I graduate. Um, at that date. Very nice. Yes, yeah, so I knew that would start in June, so it kind of gave me the chance to kind of enjoy some senioritis, uh, like enjoy my senior year, kind of. I still had pretty <laughs> hard classes, mind you, but uh, I was able to just get through them with less stress, kind of thing, um, and just focus and evaluate them kind of differently. Um, Because I had also just worked and gotten some work experience. So I knew what my job would be after I graduated. So I just kind of approached my classes a little differently and also just went even harder on esports. And so Battle of BC 3 was kind of, I actually jokingly talk about it because I didn't do a master's thesis or like a senior. I never did like a crazy thesis paper. Like I wrote a couple papers in university, but like nothing crazy. So I joke right, like that the 20 th- or
0: 25 page ones, you didn't ever do, do that.
1: I didn't. Yeah. Or like a capstone, like an end senior project. I never did like a big senior. Pro- I, I did a couple random things, but like, so I joke that battle of BC three was my senior project was my thesis paper. Like, cause that's what I focused on the most
0: that year. And you crush it, obviously. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the fact that you're running a third battle, oh, sorry, King, i want to say battle battle vc yeah i want to say kings of vc at the same time may i say i love how you've had to come up with with so many uh different (laughs) event names from get schooled to kings of V, kings of vancouver kings of vc (laughs) some of them are really funny man they they it gets hard to keep coming up with
1: names but i i somehow would and sometimes people would hate them people really hated some of the names and it was just funny like smash to school even battle of bc got like quite quite a bit of mixed reactions on just the name (laughs) because it abbreviates to bbc (laughs) and that was unintentional (laughs) and so people were like well it abbreviates to bbc and that's like not that funny um and then there was the other thing that um battle of bc someone was like grammatically battle of bc doesn't make sense it should be like battle in bc or battle at bc (laughs) like and i was like that doesn't make sense to me battle of bc sounds fine and so i just went with battle bc so i still like i stand by it that i think battle bc makes sense it's like battle of
0: waterloo battle of bc you know
1: um but yeah i'm following with you
0: I'm following with you and you're the one who's running this event. So <laughs> yeah, you, you all these people, you must have a lot of time to be able to, to critique this. You wanna help with setup? Oh
1: yeah, I that's my favorite card to play. If anybody's like fishing at me about something, I just wonder what, what would you do that you could do better here? And if you could wanna go do it, I'm happy to help you set that up
0: please by all means i always can use it yeah i'm sure as a to you understand so much better than i do because i haven't organized any tournaments that uh, as much help as you can get especially the the volunteer type help that certainly is not harmful to the operation yeah no i mean but the, the really
1: big thing in all of that honestly like is growing your community's strength um Like, I just got to straight up say, like, that is the key to the success of communities is everybody getting better. Um, Not just at the game, you know, everybody getting better at everything. So I think what we're seeing right now going on is, like, it's 2021. Most people who grew up playing Melee are now in their 20s, right? Like, and are, are young adults and are real adults and are doing things in the world now. So now they have resources, which they didn't have when they were 13 years old and had to ride the bus to the tournament or when they were like, you know, a freshman in university. You know, they might have been having a much harder time or a 12th grader or, you know, we have resources now um, and we are matured and we have crafted our skills all these years doing it the way we've been doing it. Like you just learned, right? I didn't come out of nowhere i've been working hard to do this for many years kind of thing so i got the skill set now that i've been working really hard on and now is a really cool opportunity for us to like explode it now that we have our we've matured properly
0: right absolutely and besides all of that with the year of 2020 having a lot of ups and downs but more importantly learning how to run events in a in a COVID world in an online only world right and did i hear you correctly because we're we're starting to get back to the present a little bit more Mm -hmm. that gallant gaming was part of your refocusing and rejuvenizing wait did i say that right well anyway you get it uh to say you know what i am still very interested in running events and i want to make them bigger and better than ever was that was that the birth of gallant gaming
1: yeah honestly that was the birth of gallon gaming it it happened in august during covid time uh was when like really reset for me that like i wanted to go crazy hard on what i'm doing in esports because i had been doing esports all the way up until the start of covid like in in the states i was running a weekly when i was working in redmond i so i do smash bros like three types, three times a week, generally. Like, three evenings a week were dedicated to Smash back then and doing my day job. Um, and I realized it wasn't in my life at that time, during COVID, because like, it had faded a little bit. And uh, it just, East Smash and gaming was in my life. But being a TO and organizing stuff wasn't as much anymore. And I realized that was one of the things I'm missing. And I thought about it, and I evaluated it. That's like, what I can do here? Um, and I'm like full steam ahead. Like, I love this. Let's go for it. Let's just like treat it. this. Like just, I also did do reflection. Like some of the stuff you and I have just talked about today and some of the analysis you've done, like was stuff that I tried to think about myself around that time about like my coming, like how I grew and like, what did make me happy then? And like, what were my motivators kind of thing? Um, and then just applying that to my present situation.
0: And then the first big event that you ran with Gallant Gaming being the, the name and the, the the event itself was Gallant Melee Open back in January of this year. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly, yeah. That was what we were applying towards. And re- looking back on it, how do you think the event went overall or or what are your feelings as you look back on it now, how it happened and, and what the weekend was like and then, and then post Gallant Melee open winter edition. Yeah. So good catch, man. I think you're the
1: first person outside of me who has used the phrase Gallant Melee open to winter edition. Uh, that Ooh, was Gallant Melee go. open. Yeah. That was Gallant Melee open winter edition, uh, which was decided upon by uh, pretty recently. So yeah, um, I'm feeling. I was feeling ecstatic, and I'm still feeling ecstatic uh, about how Gallant My Open went. Um, I was shooting for the moon, and like, I really was aiming high, and I was working really hard to make that happen. Um, and it and it happened. Like the plan that I had for that event to go well, it it hit and it went above expectations in some regards. And so I was like, cool, like. Look, what can happen if I sit down, put my mind, and tell myself, like this is the one thing I want to do and put my passion towards it. So I was able to accomplish that event. And that was just like validation, um, which was really, really valuable for me um to help move forward and continue going forward. And I'm taking that empowerment and feeling and putting it straight into the next one. So,
0: yeah, do you want to? I want to make sure that everybody is sort of clear on this idea of it's not not just you. You are such a driving force for Gallant Gaming, and, of course, we all, anyone who's hearing this, I mean, a big thank you to you, big thank you to TOs, but it's not just a one-person show, right? So do you want to give any shout-outs to the people that help out with these events, be it people who are just literally on Smash GG? just really trying to keep track of everything and reported matches and, and stream overlays and art and music and, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So my team is like my core team. The core core team is really just me. And then Paul. So Paul is our, is my creative partner. He's the creative lead. Um. So he's an incredible designer, artist UI. He's just an, Incredible with all things design and that sort of stuff. So he's done like the logos, the branding, and helping all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's Paul and I. And then everything Core Gallant has just been me. Um, and then for Gallant Melee Open specifically, so Paul does the logo design as well as the stream graphics and whatnot. But then my team expands to Comp. Kump is a huge homie in the community. He is incredible, the work he's doing in the community. Um, I don't think he's ever wanted to be interviewed. I tried to talk to him about it once. But he's kind of more behind the scenes guy. But Kump does really, really cool stuff. So shout outs to Kump. And so Kump does graphics. Um, for me, he helps out with social media. Uh, so he's a really big part of Gallant Melee Open. If you have enjoyed any of the tweets on our Twitter, Gallant Gaming, probably written by Kump. He also does the designs for them. So he's kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to anything art-related for me or design-related. If I need a graphic, he's generally the one who hops on and creates that. And then I've also uh, added Jade is involved in the Gallant Melee Open, and they are an incredible TO. They also TO the uh, the Rollback Rumble series. They also TO'd Beamy. They are just incredible at it, so for g m o they are the bracket manager or bracket director is their role, so they take care of putting together the bracket and um like yeah in leading the bracket operations kind of thing
0: that's yeah. wild to me that like that there's a a majority of this that really does actually come down to you, but i'm I'm glad to hear that. I would feel I would feel so sorry if it was literally just you and nobody else doing absolutely everything cuz you have a daytime job as well as far as I know that mm-hmm. you, you that you're doing too. So I'm glad that yeah, you I have definitely people. couldn't do everything, but the thing is it took a, like I was doing
1: everything for stuff in the past. So it did take me like that was one, part of the way I learned how to continue to grow was to find people to work with and work together on making really cool events right? Um, who I could rely on for aspects of the event. Like, hey, this person is really good at doing this part of the event. And I think this is actually something I wanted to communicate was that we grossly oversimplify the roles in an event or in the Smash Bros. community. Some people simplify it as simple as t o s and players, but it's so much more. There's like probably something like a hundred roles in the community, right? If you've broke it down. Um, and because of that, like it's hard for people to understand fully because so, so many people do so many different roles as well at once. um. Anyways, I forgot exactly where I was going with that long run. But the, the,
0: you're but. educating me, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I love hearing about behind-the-scenes stuff about Melee because uh, I think that in order to appreciate something more, learning about it more like grows that appreciation. And uh, I don't want to say that there's always a feeling of people on internet discourse saying... TO suck or whatever at, at all times. I'm not saying that's true. I'm generalizing here and I realize that. But I, I like the idea of when, when somebody's doing a tournament right and and for you and for Gallant Melee, I want to say that and from my own standpoint, I, I think you're doing things right with how it's run and, and everything like that. So I love hearing you talk about how this isn't just something that comes out of nowhere there there are things and conversations and and goals and everything that happens does happen, but you just don't see it all the time or or maybe not even at all. But if you would just take a second to try and appreciate it, that would make, well, it would be, it would be positive vibes all around, <laughs> I guess is yeah, what I'd sure. land on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate that, um, being able to talk about this and uh, like, It gives me a chance to reflect on it as well. So thanks, man. It's been really fun so far.
0: Yeah, shout-outs to Paul. Shout-outs to Cump and Jade for helping you to put on a great Gallant Melee Open uh... Winter Edition.
1: Yeah, and there's one more member to this whole team that is really important, but they're somebody who primarily just interfaces with me, and that's my girlfriend, Soo Young. Um, Young's been one of my biggest supports through all the stuff that I've been doing so far here, in that, like, she's someone I can always just lean on. Um, even if it's not talking to her about Gallant stuff, just like leaning on for support through these whole processes has been super duper helpful. Um, And so, yeah, I I really thank her. She's also just been able to help me a lot with things related to Gallant that I don't particularly, like, I just think she's really good at some of these things. Um, And some of these things she knows, like, it would help me a lot if she helped me with them. Like, when you start to deal with, like, legal documents and that kind of stuff, when you haven't had to deal with that stuff before, like... For tax stuff and all that kind of stuff, like it's really helpful to have someone who's more confident with it
0: help you out. And also, Su Young is your doubles partner for life. If I read your Twitter bio correctly, right? You are most
1: definitely right. She plays Smash Bros. Ultimate very passionately, um, and we play doubles together.
0: Oh, that's and that's awesome! I love that. I love hearing. She that will hopefully
1: be that. my doubles partner for life. So,
0: yeah that's really cool and that's such an important thing right uh, regardless of what role you have in 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 any community or or in life work family a support system right such mm-hmm. an important thing cuz it's hard to go through life where you're sort of isolating yourself and that's something that i realized even though i, I have a so i have i have an, uh, a lady as well my my wife my lovely wife jen and we have two wonderful children and the support system was there, but I realized I wasn't using that enough, I think is probably the best way to put it. But Mm -hmm. uh, that was a lesson that I've learned in this past year to, to, to use that resource that's readily available. And like Jen wants to be a support system for me. So it's been great to, to go through that together and, and grow in that way. It sounds like, you and so young are sort of in that in in that vein as well that's awesome to hear that's really cool
1: yeah and uh, congratulations to you as well it's really awesome to hear that you have a really strong support system in your wife and two
0: lovely kids wonderful little chillens they're both they're both <laughs> under the age of four so hopefully Aww. hopefully they'll they'll when they grow they'll start to appreciate to appreciate at least melee in the sense of dad really likes this. I'll play it yep. with him every now and again, but you know, I'm more interested in something else. We'll see. <laughs> That's
1: very cute. Yeah. You definitely got to share some pictures afterwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So now we're, now we're in the present and we're mm-hmm. looking at gallant melee open spring edition. Love mm-hmm. the flower emoji. I just think that at, like it, <laughs> And I I love the 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 announcement uh little graphic as well. It's just it's just so cool that there's these little things that somebody like myself, I have limited resources. My my logo by the way, I feel bad about, but I use like a meme website to put it together. <laughs> like literally the website is meant for putting together memes on top of a meme template. But I just, <laughs> it's a picture that I took and I just put on the meme format words. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that it's really cool to have just a little bit of extra flair to, to be like eye-catching and go, oh, and now you also have the precedent of gallon Melee Open Winter Edition was awesome. It was so sick. And this one's going to be uh, at, at the risk of saying bigger and better than ever. That's sort of a probably overused thing as well but of course as you as you probably feel you you want it to to uh to build that momentum piece to the snowball piece what would you say is i don't want to put you on the spot here because this will come out in a while from now so you don't have to say anything about like new but one of the pieces that we know of now that i feel comfortable talking about with you in the quote-unquote public uh speculation is the content creator content creation friday you'll be you'll be highlighting different things from the community as uh, like contributing to this this uh, stream the friday of gallant melee open do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah so the plan there the way i describe it to myself at least that is like
1: uh one day of the five days of melee kind of thing so The plan is uh, expand the tournament to the Friday. And Friday from 4 p.m. through 10 p.m. have a content experience where it's just six hours of a place where you can hang out, watch Melee content. That's been it's going to be primarily brand new content. Some of it's going to be specific to the event. There is even going to be an exhibition competition that's not being announced yet, but that's going to be happening on the Friday night. Yeah, it's just going to be a really fun experience before the actual competition kicks off on the weekend. And then the competition is is intense, you know? Cuz events in Canada and North America and outside of really I think even like I think only Japan that I know of has ever like does this is we don't ever have opening ceremonies or like pre-shows or anything. Like we unofficially do, but There's nothing that exists. So I feel like the Friday is effectively the pre-show to the weekend of sick melee content in the form of gameplay with sick melee content in the form of fun entertainment.
0: And I love that. So you the listeners are listening to this now this will be put out the day before so if you're hearing this on the thursday as in tomorrow friday is the first day of gallon manly open please by all means get into that twitch i'll have that in the link below and we'll we'll be sure to plug all the socials here uh, coming up soon but it's going to be so awesome to see and i'm excited that i've been able to just contribute a little Tiny piece mm-hmm. of it myself, and dear, thank you so much for that, but with mm-hmm. the with the event with mm-hmm. the competition side of things, are you anticipating what's the best way to put this? what are you anticipating with the competition level being a, a big draw for a lot of top players, or what's sort of the focus of gallant melee open spring edition in that regard?
1: So the competition I'm hoping is even bigger and better than it was last time. So Gallant Melee Winter Edition kind of unfortunately overlapped a little bit with the off-season that players were taking um, because it was around the holidays and it was really fresh into the New Year's and players were really burnt out because, like when I talked to Mango, Mango has been playing pretty much non-stop streaming since Slippy came out. So that was his first break from streaming or playing competitive Melee ever since Slippy had come out. Um, which so was really last year. year. Yeah, which was June of last year. Um, so it was really necessary for players to take that break there. Um, but at the time of planning out our event date, we hadn't foreseen the level of need for that. But still, we had incredible competition. Um, so no, no complaints there. We still had a, a crazy top eight. And the level of player depth even in the bracket was crazy. So what I'm trying to say here is, I think for the spring edition, you know, the ice is melted, everybody's hands are all warm again now, and they're ready to play melee at full speed. So, yeah,
0: I love it. Let's go! And it is important for for anyone who's listening. It's not just about the the top five or the top ten, like all having to be there, right? Events can be really cool and awesome to watch, even if even if not all of them are present. So I can't stress that enough for myself. So part of me falling more in love with Melee in the, in this past few years is learning to appreciate more than just like the handful of names that I know. And mm-hmm. what's really cool is how many of the players who are, I would say, like top 100-ish level without there actually being a 2020 ranking or a 2021 ranking as of now is that there are so many of them who you can you can follow on on the internet like through twitter or or whatever other social media website as well as their stream on twitch and and youtube for highlights and and constant creation and you can you can just get behind some of these storylines and some of these players that are up and coming and really really root for them or you can find the players who have been around for a long time who are still trying to stay at the top of their game and deal with all the people coming up on box controllers and everything mm-hmm. else like that and, and keeping up box right
1: controllers you don't have your video on but i'm holding up my box right now <laughs> let's go yeah
0: that's awesome and so i'm excited to for myself i'll be i'll be doing a, a preview of gallant melee open spring edition and i'll be recapping it in, in podcast form so not necessarily a live reaction but I'll throw out a, a, a prediction of who wins. I've, I'm one for one so I hope far. Chat. I hope to see you in the chat at least at some point.
1: You know, our oh, chat's been yeah. a really fun place. I've, uh, oh, yeah. I had the pleasure of being in chat for the entire event last time around. but <laughs> so... you
0: kept getting banned from your chat, didn't you? I got banned from my own chat so <laughs> many fucking times because I said the F word.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's fixed now. I'm now a mod of the channel, so I don't get <laughs> caught by the auto mod because its powers don't apply to me anymore. But I hope we can get the F word unbanned. I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm gonna tell BTS Smash to unban the
0: F word during my event. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> it goes along with uh one of the questions that I had since we are uh about an hour in, so I don't wanna take up too much of more of your time here. But uh one of the uh one of the uh fun questions that I had was about Something that you worked on in one of your jobs previously was this uh, application called Dialogflow, which is more <laughs> or less chatbot. But I wanted to know you, and you made an hour-long or so presentation on the basic in and outs, and did a demo of Dialogflow. So you can, if you want to find Deer's video of this, you just have to look it up, and you'll find it. But the point is, is that you there seemed to be a negative connotation to to one of, the, one of the potential fallings of this program where you're trying to get it to learn how to recognize different flavors of ice cream. And you say, well, one of the limitations or one of the problems could be, what if somebody asks for a scoop of something that's not actual ice cream flavor, like a scoop of Kevin? And I'm like, well, how <laughs> bad could that possibly be? But then I thought, I need to come up with a name for a deer themed ice cream flavor. What do you think of this? Gallant Gaming... Dear beer tipper special, I I like it. What what's the flavor? So it's flavored like beer. I like beer flavored ice cream. Yeah, craft beer. I've had an IPA ice cream that was so good. Exactly, and I think that it's it's something that makes everybody go. Wait, beer and what now? You know (laughs) what I mean. Yeah, I feel you, I feel you. Do you guys have a good beer scene out there? Or do you just enjoy beer? <laughs> um no, actually for myself, I'm just uh, surrounded by it sort of. I don't I don't actually I don't actually drink, but the <laughs> I, I was looking for names of beer. Sorry, I was looking for names of ice cream, excuse me. <laughs> that rhymes with deer. The only one was beer, so I thought, well, this could probably work. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it's also it's a it's a
0: Marth out. it's a it's a Marth Tipper. So I thought, well, tipsy. I mean, there's a lot of things. It's a working ah. title, but I feel like you got a lot you're working with there. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the uh, one other uh, quick question, I guess, or to uh, start to get towards wrapping up, your your one of your favorite characters to use seems to be Jigglypuff for melee for yourself as the player, because again, mm-hmm. you're more than just the the To. Is Jigglypuff your favorite character to play with in the game? Uh is your certainly seems to be your favorite Pokemon or was at one point.
1: Yeah, so uh Puff has been my main for many, many years now. Um Puff's definitely my best character. I, I really enjoy playing her as well. Like I genuinely have fun when I'm playing and playing well as Puff. Um I would love to be better at Fox though. Like I love playing Fox, but Fox hurts my hands a lot. Um but I'm not even that good as Fox. Like, I'm good, but I do and I do cool stuff, but I don't win as much. I win so much more with my Jigglypuff that it's kind of like pulling me in two directions. Because I get really good as Jigglypuff sometimes, and then I get bored, and then I go play Fox, and then I'm bad again. And then it's just like a cycle where I don't actually improve much. Um, I like Jigglypuff,
0: and I feel like I should just commit to her. But if I could, I'd be a sick Fox. There's some potential there. I mean, with the box, you could you could just become the next great box fox. If that's even a term. Yeah.
1: yeah, I am a box fox right now. My box fox is
0: schnasty, but I still don't win as much as I feel like I should. So I'm still not that good. On a journey. On a journey. The destination is not now. The destination <laughs> is, in the f- is in
1: the future, right?
0: So yeah, I can't Catch me winning
1: it. my own event in a year.
0: Oh, yeah. Like Kadoran, right?
1: Yep, with yep. The, uh, I won my yeah, own
0: yep. event like
1: three times in my life, let's go uh, <laughs> I, more than that, but that's just for at least the ones I'm thinking of right now in melee and uh yeah it's it's a fun feeling
0: is there like a is there like a I feel like if there was a Twitch chat for those events, maybe there was, uh, I shouldn't assume that it was super small, but for those events, it would be like rigged or something like that.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, there were there were Twitches Twitch streams, but nobody ever in the chat for them, unfortunately. And if they were, it was like, hey, look, mom, it's me kind of thing. <laughs>
0: or I see you, son. So good. Exactly. More of that, yeah. That's awesome. No, that's still really cool, though, that that the streaming part started uh, on the earlier side. But okay. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Let's let's get to the part where you can plug everything that's happening. and We can talk about how awesome, how sick Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition is going to be and that everybody should absolutely hop into chat and tune in.
1: For sure. Yeah. Uh, First off, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It was awesome. I've checked out some of your previous episodes, and I'm really looking forward to you know people listening to this one. I want to say what you're doing is really inspiring, and it's cool that you're doing it on top of being a dad, and working probably a job, and just handling all that responsibility. So huge shout-outs to that. Uh, I think you're taking it with a very cool lens, and looking forward to where you go with it. Um, The next thing is, yeah, as you said, Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition is right around the corner, March 19th through 21st, so about a month away from here. we're curating content, so, yeah, we have a, a, a SIT content day planned for you on Friday, March 19th. It's going to start at 4 p.m. Pacific time, and then all weekend we're going to have SIT competition. And we also have a ladder bracket again, so if you have the itch to play Melee that weekend and you want to join in our competition that you're literally watching now, hop into our ladder and you can play and be involved in the event you're watching. So, Yeah. So follow Gallant Gaming on Twitter if you're not already for updates about Gallant. Uh, I'm at Reindeer on Twitter. Uh, You can keep up with me as well. I post about mainly Melee, but also random life stuff. Um, Thank you for supporting. Really appreciate it and hope you enjoy and get the chance to tune in this weekend to the event. Let's go. dear.
0: thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to making it seeing you make it all the way to the top.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Continue the climb. Why is it so quiet? Oh right, transition. Thank you once again to Deer for giving me a lot of time, being very generous with answers, all those things. Thank you so much to Deer. Very excited to share some details with you about Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition. So starting tomorrow, Friday. March 19th at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Eastern is Content Friday, Content Creator Friday. The, oh, sorry, it's called Content Day. See, I knew I would land on it. Twitch.tv forward slash BTS Smash. You'll see the description of this podcast episode containing that link. Starting off with Good Morning Melee Afternoon Edition. Good Morning Melee Afternoon Edition. That starts off the program. And then after that, we have Even Matchup Gaming, Top 10 Melee Plays of Gallant Melee Open Winter Edition, which was back in January. Also have Smash Talk featuring Vish as the guest. And the host of that is at Zirango Rage. And please, if I mispronounce that, I am so sorry. Z-E-R-A-N-G-O-R-A-G-E. That's the Twitter handle. Go find that. And then after that is the Melee Stats Podcast. That's right. The Melee Stats Collective will be doing a live bracket analysis of this very tournament. So should I even predict who the winner is going to be? I should probably not. Let's let Melee Stats talk about the potential winner of the Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition. And then, yeah, you thought I was done. After that, we have Alston Melee Let's Go doing a top 10 video premiere for Content Day. You'll love to see it. And then, oh yeah, we're still not done. SSBM Tutorials dropping another video called Intro to Slippy which is going to be awesome too. We have all kinds of content for you on Friday. Sorry, when I say we, I'm not technically affiliated with. I'm not affiliated with Gallant Gaming. You get it. And that's just Friday. All kinds of amazing content. Saturday kicks off pools on the east side and on the west side. And then there's some show matches to end the night. And then on Sunday is the, not not the top cut. What is top cut? I guess, I guess the pools go to top 64, top 128 perhaps by the end of Saturday. And then Sunday at, the, at 12 p.m. Pacific time is going to be top 64 leading to top 8 or top 128 leading to top 8, which top 8 starts at 4 p.m. Pacific. So all of you East Coast people, no, you're not going to be up until 3 in the morning. I promise. As a podcaster who's not officially affiliated with Gallant Gaming, but that's as good as <laughs> uh, that's as good as any promise you've ever heard, right? The point is, is that Friday content day, Saturday pools and show matches, exhibition matches, and then Sunday is Championship Sunday, if you will. Top eight happens at four p.m. Pacific, and the pools bracket finishes up to 4 p.m. starting at 12 p.m. Pacific so if you're not sure about any of the schedule if you don't know where you need to go go to at Gallant Gaming on Twitter it's in the description of this podcast episode you're going to find all the info there and please tune in to twitch.tv slash bts smash and twitch.tv slash gallant gaming There's going to be matches on both of those Twitch streams on Saturday, especially. So please tune in, drop the emotes, drop the subs, drop the follows. This is going to be an amazing tournament and I'm not going to predict the winner. Like I tried to predict the winner for the four loco fight night tournament. I missed and you don't, we don't, we don't need to talk about it. So before we get going, to end this whole podcast we've already been here a little while so thank you for hanging in there with me i wanted to talk about the intro and outro music it's the same song travelog by chords of orion off the rumination album it's an amazing song the album is amazing chords of orion is a great listen you should go check out the youtube check out chords of orion.com that was used with permission obviously <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> Thank you so much to Chords of Orion for giving me permission to use their song Travelog for this podcast for season two. And then the artwork, it's so good. My brother Blake did that. You will not be able to find Blake on social media. He basically has no social media presence whatsoever. However, if you see the podcast logo artwork and you decide that you want Blake to be the person to do your art. By all means, please send me a DM on Twitter, at Cypher003, and I would be happy to pass along your contact info to him, or have him... No, yeah. Well, you get it. And I'm excited to continue on with season two. We don't know what's in store yet for the entire thing. It's not like I have every single episode of season two already planned out. We make most of it up as we go along, so if you would be interested in coming on, feel free to contact me. If you know of someone who'd be interested in coming on, share this podcast episode and get them to contact me. I'll be working on talking to people about coming on. You get it, don't worry about it. I'm so excited that we're in season two. I didn't know at first when I started what exactly was going to happen with this podcast. But so far, the response to it has been amazing. I have very much appreciated everyone who has come on so far, and especially dear, latest and greatest. And I'm excited. I keep saying that over and over again, but it's been amazing so far. And I have been very blessed to have everyone who's ever decided to listen to this that they did and that they support me by doing that. So thank you so much. Let's go ahead and let the Travelog song play and get you out of here. Catch you next time.